Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi This is Hamza Foy with Ihya 502 Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Idris Mirani. He's an Afghani Muslim here in Louisville, Kentucky. In this episode, we're going to do a deep dive talking about the current situation in Afghanistan. If you want to, Idris, go ahead and introduce yourself. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa My name is Idris Mirani. I'm a uh, teacher currently at Hero Institute, and uh, inshallah, this fall I'll be he- heading to medical school in Florida. So, it'll be great, inshallah. Yeah, let's get started. All right. I wanted to do this episode, especially um, after the recent news in which the Biden administration said that they were going to take the funds from the central bank in Afghanistan, or essentially the, the money belonging to the Afghanistan uh, government and distribute that in ways that, let's be clear, we both disagree with the Biden administration on how they're going to distribute this. Before we talk on that specific instance, if you can give us kind of a general overview of the country of Afghanistan. Yeah, so Afghanistan is uh, quite a large country with uh, its home to several different ethnic groups. Uh, we have the Azara, the Tajik, uh, the Pashtun, and several other uh, you know ethnic groups that have lived and resided in Afghanistan, Afghanistan for a long time. And that diaspora of Afghan people is quite large, and it requires a lot of you know funds and stuff to keep that moving for sure. And there's several you know i don't know exactly of the population size mm-hmm. but there's a lot of density especially in like cities like kabul afghanistan and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of people and uh these assets that were frozen you know are required for them to move along mm-hmm. for sure speaking as an american you know they always say that americans are very ignorant of geography and i know for some muslims as well as vast number of the american population we we look at Afghanistan and we always ask this question of why why is there conflict there? Why can't they just stay united? You've got the recent recent situation in which the Taliban essentially formed a central government in Afghanistan. I know that you mentioned that you have relatives there. Have they shared any opinions of like the recent governmental developments in Afghanistan? Um, I have a few uncles that live there uh, in Afghanistan right now. And currently, whenever they're uh, speaking to my parents, I hear about some stories and stuff like that. But the main uh, sort of uh, trend is that it's basically similar to it's a transition period Mm -hmm. so essentially um now you see since the afghan uh, the value of of the afghani has literally gone down um quite a bunch because of the frozen assets uh Mm -hmm. and and there's no backing for that money to hold any value it has become one of the biggest humanitarian crises in the world crises in the world so so getting food and um you know normal day-to-day materials is very very difficult uh but from them i've heard that the you know the transition of power uh initially when it was reported in the west was you know very violent very people were out protesting all that stuff but that was only because they were focusing on certain different um, aspects you know everyone has a sort of agenda Mm -hmm. and uh western media specifically we've learned of pretty recently that they specifically uh, they do have an agenda pretty pretty open for them to pick out certain points that are, you know, fitting that agenda and showing that in the news that gets people to 
think of, a, a, you know, put a framework on Afghanistan as sort of being uh, in this war-torn state, mm-hmm. where in reality, um, you know, from the stories of my uncle, like, uh, you know, talking about how it is there, basically on a, a you know, day-to-day level, it's life as usual. Yeah. And, and it's just a transition period with, uh, you know, how gas prices go up here, you know, the value of money is going down there. It might be a little more, uh, you know, how would you say, uh, emphasized there, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know, pretty usual life as life as usual. One of, one of the impressions that I get, and you can, you can tell me if, if this is a good impression or a bad impression is going back to the question that I asked about Afghanistan having a central government or do the ethnic groups prefer having kind of their own governments over their specific geographic regions? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of compare this to you go out to like rural America. I'll be honest, that's a lot of how like we think. I remember going out to my grandfather's out in eastern Kentucky, and it was usually like each town took care of itself like we didn't obviously yes we're part of a you know part of a larger structure there's the state and then the federal government but like you go out to the rural areas it's it's almost like people are self-reliant it's it's an ethic for them because i remember one time we had like a we had a tornado wipe through the county where my grandfather lived and we didn't sit and wait for example for like the state government to send equipment we just we started getting all of our stuff together chainsaws tractors we started clearing roads we started we were self-reliant in that sense and i feel like i think this might be a good comparison for people to understand afghanistan is not all afghanis but like the Afghanis in the rural areas are that same mindset, self-reliant. So right. it's almost like, let us take care of our own. We'll be fine. You know, don't don't go messing with our affairs too much. We got it. Right. Is that a good? That is a good comparison, uh, comparison right? Mm. Um, the rural Af- uh, Afghans have always been sort of uh, self-reliant, like you said, and for the transition of power is mostly. Uh, just for the central cities, such as mm. Kabul and uh, you know uh, places where international trade mm-hmm. uh, and most of the commerce go along. Mm-hmm. I, I, life for the people of the uh, rural si- sides of the country are usually normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, day to day is that you know self reliant aspect. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it recently, uh, there has been a shortage of food and mm-hmm. there has been a time of famine. Basically, it's it's getting to that stage. Yeah. Usually, it is sort of the the rural areas are basically self reliant, mm-hmm. and then you we're talking about how like these um, the different groups, the different ethnic groups, and how they relate, and why there was so much uh, civil war during that time, and it was partially you know mm-hmm. contributed through the help of the United States. There's mm-hmm. always a uh, regime that they're trying to yeah. put up every other mm-hmm. if you look at every other corner of the world yeah. you'll see there's a there's a regime that they're trying to push forth um and then they realize in afghanistan afghanistan is not going to work the same because you know we pushed back the russians and uh, i guess the united states was the next step in that it took them 20 years to realize that and then they mm-hmm. sort of left they're like okay you guys can take it and handle it we'll yeah. do whatever we'll put sanctions on you for now mm-hmm. um and and the problem is that you know 
Afghanistan is saying with the Taliban's government, they're saying the people have basically accepted us as the as the ruling government, right? Gotcha. So you guys need to recognize us as, as a uh, world government Cause, because right now Afghanistan is not recognized as a, a world country in the international level. So that's why there are so many sanctions. There's so many, um, you know, frozen assets and you know things like the um, you know Biden's you know decision to take that money and seize it and distribute it as it is his own, which I think is sort of daylight robbery. Those decisions come uh, as a result of you know not recognizing uh, Afghanistan as a state. And given the fact that um, you know the uh, Taliban have had a bad track record from before they were mm. put in power, before this transition period, this is part of the reason you know the reason that uh america is saying that hey this is something that we can't do because of that so they're using it as the excuse whereas uh the taliban are saying we are reformed there's a different regime that's not the same taliban as past mm. so that is why they're saying you know recognize us give us a chance because every regime i guess deserves a chance especially when the people are recognizing it yeah and if it's causing people to suffer through you know loss, like, because at the end of the day the person who suffers the most are the citizens of yeah. afghanistan and and that's it's the worst to see if mm. you look at the news you see uh children literally two or three years old they're dying of hunger mm. uh you know the hospitals are packed you know here it was because of covid there it's because of hunger and famine and mm. partially also because of covid and uh you know it's it's difficult to see but um you know i think they deserve that chance yeah so your family in afghanistan are they leery of the taliban or are they accepting of the taliban what are what are their feelings have they spoken to you guys here in the states yeah. about that specific development the mm-hmm. taliban forming that i guess you could say central government or just mm-hmm. overall Rural government power. for the country right so yeah they have talked about it they've said that everyone deserves mm-hmm. a chance you know they're weary of like the um you know you got to be cautious with everything mm-hmm. right yeah but for them to be in power and for them to have sort of organization and have mm-hmm. everything distributed in, in a proper fashion and at the end of the day the uh, you know, the message that they bring of having an Islamic state, which is technically, you know, if you see Afghanistan in the 20 years leading up to this, we were mm-hmm. in a state where uh, constant war, constant fighting, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And you look at it recently, it's much better than that. The only re- the only thing that's uh, causing it to be a little difficult to live through is that it's still the American aspect. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have, you know, seize their money and it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to, you know, get food out to them. So... I guess the the thing is like they're looking at it as to have this transition to being a sovereign state to have their own control have their own people in power that's something that they're looking forward to and they have hope in it so yeah. they want to give that a chance let's go ahead in this next question feel free to be as opinionated mm-hmm. as as you want to be but let's go ahead and talk about that particular decision by the united states mm-hmm. to freeze the assets what are your your feelings about that my, it's it's very strong. Um, I, have, I have very strong feelings against it. I, I think the initial um, uh, seizure of money was around four billion dollars mm-hmm. in assets mm-hmm. of Afghanistan. Literally, the entire country's uh, uh, you know funds yeah. and uh, you know savings. Uh, and basically, all of that was in um, you know Afghanistan had a large amount uh, sums of money in uh, banks such as New York and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So most of the money was saved in uh you know the hands of the trusted americans and now yeah. what we're uh doing here in america and you know as an american that 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 aspect of it is still there i expect mm-hmm. the best for my country right 
most people are saying, oh, you can't criticize the country like this so much. Mm. And and my thing is that I, I feel that as an American, I have to have a high standard for, uh, you know, my own country. And, you know, for them to be doing that to Afghanistan and other countries in the world, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, needs to be changed. It's something that you have to voice an opinion for. Um, and personally, that uh, amount of money, you know, is is just appalling to see that, uh, you know, all of that is, is being taken. And, and the actual uh, initial plan was to distribute it to the families of the victims of uh, 9-11 as if the yeah. Afghan had people had no anything to do with it. Yeah, yeah. that's... that's the... To circle back, like, I, I get frustrated just as you do with mm-hmm. the, you can't criticize this country if you love it. Right. And it's like that... Yeah, I mean, that's that's blind patriotism. Mm-hmm. If you want to be blinded by that, that's fine. Right. But as a citizen, especially as a taxpaying citizen, I feel like I have an ethical imperative to speak out when I see injustice like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, yeah. okay, you seize the assets. Oh, we're gonna give half. And and, and once again, this is this is the the kind of sophistry that they employ. We're going to give half to the the suffering families of 9/11. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the state's narrative on 9/11 was it was Saudi nationals. Right. What does that have to do with the Afghanis at all? Obviously there's also the point of we invaded Iraq in response to 9/11, which <laughs> yes. once again, we uh, wrong country. You you're going to sit here, you're going to dress it nicely. Oh, we're going to give it to these victims and it's like, okay, by no by no moral standard, by no religious standard. That's not even that's not even dia. That's not even blood money. Mm-hmm. Once again, yeah. you the official narrative. Oh, it was Saudi nationals okay. that committed nine eleven. Okay, <laughs> then how about you take the money from Saudi Arabia, right. especially the money you're, they're using to bomb Yemen? Mm. But no, we're going to go ahead and take these frozen assets. I don't know, and you may not have an answer to this question, but do you know of any? push back especially maybe from like a congress person any push back to try to revoke that decision to freeze the assets and give it i know initially it was a hundred percent of the funds so mm-hmm. they were going to uh biden's initial uh decision was to take a hundred percent of the funds mm-hmm. and distribute it there was initial uh, a few uh, a bit of pushback by the afghan community and also i think i'm not sure of any congressman who stepped up but uh, i know from the afghan mm-hmm. community there was pushback where he amended his initial decision and said half is going to go to the victims of 9-11, which is still, like, yeah. again, like you said, this is a country that was basically not involved in, mm-hmm. in, you know, I guess Americans, we like to just pinpoint somewhere in the map, just throw a dart and say, <laughs> hey, that's that's where we're going to go and we're going to, you know. I mean, most Americans probably couldn't even place Afghanistan on the map. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I'm going to, we'll, we'll stay on this topic, but I'm going to kind of, um, segue um, to something that is also related. Do you, is there a large Afghani community here in like Louisville or in the general area? Or is it like the Afghanis are like a small minority? Uh, there is a, a group of uh, Afghans here in uh, Louisville and it's been growing bigger ever mm-hmm. since the, uh, you know, the coming of the refugees and all that. Mm-hmm. So the Afghan community has grown. But mm-hmm. me personally, I have not been in the loop with the uh, um, Afghan congregations and stuff, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of disappointing. I'd like to be into that, uh, in that loop, but, uh, it has been growing and, mm-hmm. and there's a larger community that, uh, that's been coming. And, uh, recently my father went and, um, 
I think there was a Janaza somewhere and he went to, to you know, of course, yeah. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> and then uh, he, he saw that there was a larger community and there's a few Afghans that he's never met before. So that this community is really uh, growing and alhamdulillah, it's, uh, it's getting bigger. I guess to kind of close the conversation, what are some things that you want people to know about the Afghani community mm-hmm. and the people? Or B, what are perhaps some action items that come to mind to encourage people to push back against, especially that decision to take funds, distribute Mm -hmm. them, whereas the funds should be given back to the Afghan people. At the end of the day, the most important thing is uh, information, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing about stuff, uh, you know, informing yourself and gaining knowledge about uh, the situation, whether it's from uh, the Biden administration and what they're mm-hmm. doing. And if you don't have enough information on Afghanistan and you don't know mm-hmm. uh, what that country is all about, you can just uh, learn about it. You know, uh, you can always come to uh, one of us in the Afghan community. And we mm-hmm. have this thing called uh, Pashtun Wali, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we're very known for uh, hosp- being hospitable people. So yeah. uh, we'll invite you over, come <laughs> in, have some tea, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about uh, Afghanistan. And uh, you know, there's that. You could also look up online. You know, um, but informing yourself uh, of the situation, uh, not just through Western media sources, and mm-hmm. you know, asking your Afghan friends if you have any, um, and then uh, you know, using that knowledge to sort of back up what your stance on the situation would be. So I, I think information is the most important key to, to that aspect of things. I'm not going to end the, the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a tangent because I noticed in a lot of your answers, you talk about the necessity to find like other media sources. Mm-hmm. And this has actually been something that has come up recently. I, we won't talk about the Ukraine conflict, sure. but I think a number of us have seen kind of a double standard mm-hmm. in you know, Ukraine being invaded. You see, remarkably, a lot of that ultra-nationalist, white supremacist language. Mm-hmm. Are there media sources that you recommend beyond the kind of base CNN, MSNBC, Fox News? I think in the age of social media, there's that realm of media sources that you could look through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know personally, everyone has their own bubble online. Everyone yeah. is in that little uh, atmosphere of, mm-hmm. you know, I like to see this, so I'm going to follow this page, and that's yeah. all I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. But some of these pages, such as uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, one Instagram page that I follow that gives a lot of information on uh, international news, especially related to uh, Islam and Muslims around the world, uh, is called Muslim da- Daily. And mm-hmm. uh, they have pretty good reputable information on these sort of conflicts and issues. Other sources, I, again, I think social media has, in the age of social media, that's that's the best thing that has come of it is the fact that you can get news from whatever source that you can mm-hmm. uh, you can find, and uh, you know, getting it straight from the source, people who are in that country. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, there is an Afghan reporter that has been quite popular on YouTube recently. His name is Homayun Avon. He does interviews. Uh, recently, he's been to Turkey and mm-hmm. you know interviewed the refugees who have come from Afghanistan. Um, you know, and he's going back and interviewing the uh, Taliban quite often. So mm-hmm. uh, he's a very reputable source. If you want news on the ground, especially in terms of uh, Afghanistan and all that, Humayun mm-hmm. uh, Afghan is a, is a great source for that. I'm going to have you write his right name down. out so I can put 
put in the description. Yeah. Besides Instagram and YouTube, are there any media companies mm-hmm. Mainstream. that, well, because here's the thing. For example, I will sometimes tune into um, what's called Democracy Now. Sometimes I will tune in to it it's a website so it's not necessarily something to watch but something to read it's called the intercept mm-hmm. are there other media companies or sources that you read or watch from mm-hmm. or is it mainly instead of watching cnn msnbc fox news i'm going to follow such and such page sure personally i have not been mm-hmm. uh, involved that much into news and uh, media, but uh, the little information that I do get is from those social media pages. So that's what I uh, like to follow. Thank you for answering that and answering it it, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think, inshallah, Inshallah. we as Muslims, I think the more and more we're exposed to like double standards in media representation reporting, inshallah, we start investing in our own media companies. Of course, yeah. Maybe I'm coming off too pessimistic, but I think the the idea of having a Muslim join one of these major media companies, I, I think it's you're just going to be swallowed up by the company. For sure, yeah, yeah, no, that's know, that's the fact of the matter for sure. Because I've I've talked to a few people, they're like, I want to get into media, and I'm Muslim, I'm going to go join CNN, and I'm going to give honest reporting. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you get there, that company. Mm-hmm is probably going to twist your arm through some sort of mechanism, contract or whatever it may Mm -hmm. be, to basically get you to toe toe the company line. And it's interesting to see, there's a few uh, news reporters. I know there's one uh, individual on CNN who has been doing these reporting scenes. uh, And recently in the uh, recent news of, uh, you know, that double standard, that dichotomy of Mm -hmm. uh, Western news reporting, uh, he's called it out and he's uh, very, um, you know, good in you know keeping these things in a Mm. uh, straight fashion and then also you have comedians such as Hassan Minaj who you know aren't afraid of calling out anyone Mm. they like he had that Netflix special for a while called um, uh, the Patriot Act and in that he called out the Saudi government literally Mm. every other government in the world that you can think of the Indian government all of that uh, and just put them on full blast and Mm. and I think that was partially the reason Netflix sort of he said, "Hey, we're gonna cancel your show. <laughs> see, we that's, too that's, much liability. That's gonna be the trouble. Is it like is. you, you, you step out of line, and you're under a company. It's mm-hmm. like they they can do that to you. Of course, we'll pull the plug. Hey, mm. yeah, and that's difficult. So it is a you know Muslims getting involved, especially in the uh, uh, in the West as we are right now. It's it's you know we're that growing population. Mm-hmm. We've, we've gained uh, a bit of speed and." Uh, Inshallah, we'll get to that point to where we can uh, have our own Western media, like pretty large uh, Western media group. And uh, that'll be interesting to see how how we level the playing field in the the I think I think if we put our money together to make a media company, Mm -hmm. once again, I mean, yeah, it's going to take a long span of time to rival something like Netflix Mm -hmm. or now Amazon's getting into the the game. Mm But you build your own company to where your policies will be tailored to protect people mm-hmm. speaking, right? You know, speaking truth, even if it's inconvenient or uncomfortable. Yeah. I think, inshallah, inshallah. I mean, just kind of reflecting over like a long term. Mm-hmm. I think that would that would be that great would benefit be great, to yeah. us, inshallah. But thank you for humoring me on the mm-hmm. on the tangent we took. Mm-hmm. Um, Jazakallah khairan. Any mm-hmm. any last thoughts? Um, for me, nothing. I, I hope I did a, a good job with oh, the uh, representation of uh, you know our Afghan people. No, but no, inshallah, 
Zakalah Khairan Adris. All right. That ends our episode for Ihya 502.